Why is Pastor Brian wearing a tuxedo today, you might be wondering. Thank you for asking. Today we are using the animated movie The Bad Guys as a doorway to explore the Bible. And for answers to the question of what it means to do good and to, to be good. And if you haven't seen the, the movie, don't worry about that. It's a heist movie, hence the tuxedo. You just need to imagine a moment that Pastor Brian is in a heist movie. He has put on his best, and he is going to steal the golden dolphin. Am I a good guy doing a bad thing? Or am I a bad guy? Now you get the idea of the movie. So, let's pray. Holy God, in this time together today, help us to learn. Help us to grow. Help us to get to know Jesus a little bit better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was at uh, Cedar Point with a great group of 40-some youth and, and adults from Clay Church this past week. We had a great time. Now, I am an observer of people. Um, Cedar Point, one of the blessed places I know to watch people. There are all kinds of people doing all kinds of things at Cedar Point. Actually, I think watching people is part of why I like being a pastor. It's just observing people and, and how we interact and, and who we are. One of my observations this week, perhaps because of this message today, was to watch how many people cut in line in front of others at Cedar Point. I watched as they would look around and see if anyone else was watching, and then they would just slowly, casually, slide right into the line. And then it was fun to watch those behind them. Sometimes they would always get frustrated. You could see it in their face. Sometimes they would hold it all in. You'd see the fists just sort of clench as they watched. But they didn't say anything, and I thought, well, that's interesting. Others would say something like, were, were you in line? And, you know, just to try and call them out. Once I saw a guy, he was like, no, <laughs> just move. This is not how we do things here. It was fascinating to watch. And as I watched, I wondered, are these good kids? And I hate to say it, it wasn't only kids. Are these good kids and adults making a bad decision? Are they bad kids or bad adults? Aren't we all selfish sometimes? If everyone else is cutting in line, should we do the same? Haven't we all been tempted, right, to shorten our own weight even at the expense of others? I'm looking at you, the person who drives in the left-hand lane when everyone else has lined up in the right-hand lane and then gets over at the last minute and we all have to slow down for you. What does it mean to be good? Right, that's kind of the heart of the question. What does it mean to be good? Are we good by nature and then sometimes do bad things? Or are we bad by nature? Are we selfish and ego-driven and have to conquer our own badness to be good? These are lots of big questions. We're not going to answer all of them today. But today we are going to search for some answers. And we're going to get help from this movie, The Bad Guys. Just out of curiosity, how many people have seen The Bad Guys? Again, it's okay if you haven't seen it. 
Okay, all right. How many of you got to see the clips when you got here today? So you have a little idea of some of the characters. Okay, okay, good. Now, I need some helpers today. If you are 12 or under, if you would raise your hand. 12 and under, raise your hand. All right, so all of you who are 12 or under today, I need your help because your parents and other people, they're used to sitting in church very still, right? Sitting very still. They don't move. They listen or sleep. I don't know which, but, but they're doing something out there. But they, you ask them questions, and they might kind of put a hand up. I need you to show them how to put a hand up. So I need you all today. Like, sometimes I do messages with lots of big words. Today, I'm, I want to talk to you all, and we're going to have everybody listen in, and I need you to show them how, when you think it, the answer to a question, you put your hand up in the air, okay? Let's practice. Everybody put your hand up. Yeah, see the adults? They're, they're slow. They just, they're like, no, we don't put our hands up in church. All right. All right, so here we go. First thing, I need to introduce you to some friends in the movie, if you, if you, just so you get an idea of who, who they are. The Bad Guys is about five friends who is part of a gang. Actually, how many of you have read the books? The books are really good, too. Kids love the books. Okay, fewer people have read the books. All right, so I need to introduce you to the Bad Guys. Um, the Bad Guys is about five friends, and they're in a gang that pulls off heists. First, there's Mr. Wolf. Mr. Wolf is the leader of the gang. He's charming and he's, and he's smart. Then there is Mr. Snake. Snake is Wolf's number two. Snake can slither into tight spots and crack any safe. Next up is Mr. Piranha. Piranha is the muscle of the group, right? He may look small, but he packs a giant punch. And when his friends are in a bind, his toots pack an even bigger punch. <coughs> Mr. Shark is the next member of the gang. Mr. Shark is a master of disguise. He is best known, the movie tells us, for stealing the Mona Lisa dressed as the Mona Lisa. I don't know how you do that. Don't ask. It's not in the movie. Last but not least is Miss Tarantula. Actually, Miss Tarantula is my favorite. Uh, A.K.A. Webbs. Webs can hack any computer and is lightning fast on a keyboard. How many of you sometimes wish you had like eight extremities to type on a keyboard? Make things go faster, right? Would not help you with your cell phone thumb thing, though. Wolf, snake, piranha, shark, and tarantula. These animals have a reputation, right? Good guys or bad guys? How many of you, by names alone, again, doesn't matter if you've seen the movie, how many of you, by names alone, wolf, snake, piranha, shark, and tarantula, when you hear those, you think, good guy. <laughs> All right, one. Oh, two. How many of you think, bad guy? Yeah, right? How many of you are already sure it's probably not so simple, though? Yeah. In the movie... For those who have seen it, their gang, they, they pull off heists. They've stolen a lot of stuff, but you know what? And they're really good at it. They haven't gotten caught, but they're not happy. Like they sort of pretend to each other to be happy, but they're not happy. There is something missing in their lives. And then they're in the middle of a heist when an old lady begins to trip on the stairs and Wolf reaches out and grabs her and pulls her to safety. There's more to that story that you don't need to know. What you need to know is that as soon as Wolf does that, his, ta his, his tail starts wagging. 
right? He's happy. Wolf does something good, his tail starts wagging, and everything begins to change. Doing good changes things. Can you say that with me? Let's say it together. Doing good changes things. In fact, doing good doesn't just change things. Doing good changes people. And I, your parents, some of you who are kids or adults too, our parents have taught us this probably, many of us. It seems really simple, but, but do we believe it? Do we live like it? I think sometimes we label ourselves bad and think we can't be changed. I think sometimes we label others bad and think, oh, they're so bad. There's no way that they're going to change. But with God, that's not true. Right? Doing good can change people. In the Bible, there's this book called Galatians. Galatians is actually a, a letter written by Paul, and it's written to the church in this region called Galatia. The people weren't getting along very well. How many of you have had trouble in your life getting along with someone? Raise your hand if you've ever had trouble getting along with someone. Uh, raise your hand if they're sitting near you now. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. But probably, right? Sometimes we, we have a hard time getting along. In Galatia, they disagreed. They couldn't find a way to, to solve, get past their disagreement. So Paul wrote them a letter, and he shared some things about the issue that they were wrestling with. And at the heart of that, he said, you know what the most important thing is? The most important thing is that everybody knows the love of Jesus. Whatever you do should be directed toward that goal that everybody knows the love of Jesus. It's an opportunity to claim that for themselves. Then Paul began to share what that would look like, knowing the love of Jesus, what that would look like in their community, in their family, in their homes. And what he shared was all about doing and being good. So we're going to look today at what Paul says, and I'm going to ask you some questions to help us think about what this looks like in our lives. So this is what Paul says first. He says, brothers and sisters, if a person is caught doing something wrong, you who are spiritual should restore someone like this with a spirit of gentleness. Watch out for yourselves so you won't be tempted too. Now let me ask you a question. If someone you know is doing something that they shouldn't be doing. How many of you have had a friend at some point in your life that was doing something that they should not have been doing? Raise your hand. Somebody you know that has not been, okay. Yeah, if you, witness something doing, if you witness somebody doing something that might harm somebody else, should you yell at them and tell them to stop that that's not good and they're gonna hurt somebody or themselves? Or should you tell them, I've made some mistakes in my past too, and I care about you, and I'm afraid that what you're going to do is going to hurt you or hurt others and offer to help them find a better way. How many of you think that you should just yell at them and tell them they're wrong and they're stupid and, and you shouldn't do it that way? How many people think we should do it that way? How many people think that we should, we should be gentle we should make sure they know that we love them, and then we should help them try to, try to change because, because it's best for them and for those around them. 
This is what Paul says. Paul says we shouldn't ignore bad things happening or people doing bad things that hurt themselves or hurt others. We shouldn't ignore that. We should step in. But we should do it in a way that's gentle and and loving and helps them see a better way. Not just to tell them that they're bad. Paul keeps going. He says this next. He says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens, and so you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, some of you received a piece of paper and a pen, or I think some of you brought paper and pen, or maybe paper and a crayon today. If you have paper and a crayon today, I want to invite you to do something right now. I want to invite you to uh, just draw a picture You don't have to be an artist. Stick figures are fine. You don't even have to draw people necessarily. Draw something that that is about helping somebody else. So I like when I think about helping someone else, I might draw a chair. Because one of the ways we can help somebody is just to sit down next to them and sit with them. Or maybe it is helping a friend with homework. So you might draw homework. But I want to invite everybody, just on your, on your piece of paper, take your crayon and your paper and, and draw something that is about carrying somebody else's burdens, which is really about helping them with something they're struggling with or something that is hurting them, bad things in their life. You can work on those for a few minutes, and then we're going to come back to this in a minute. Paul, he keeps writing about goodness. He says, if anyone thinks they are important when they're not, they're fooling themselves. Each person should test their own work and be happy with doing a good job and not compare themselves with others. Each person will have to carry their own load. Like I always find these verses in Galatians a little bit confusing because first it's like carry each other's burdens and now it's talking about your own load. But let's try this. I think this is what... We might think about it this way. Let's take two people. We're going to call them... uh, We'll call them Bob and Joe. Bob is always judging other people. He's always like, they're not as good as I am. They aren't doing it the right way. He's always judging other people. By the way, if there's a Bob in the room, this is not you. Well, you know. Bob looks at people who are struggling and he says, yeah, they're struggling because they're just lazy. Or they're not good enough. He looks at people and like, they, they don't deserve my help. He never asks for help because nobody can do things as good as Bob can do them. And so he does everything himself. And then there's Joe. Joe takes pride in his work. Again, if if you're Joe, this is not necessarily you, unless you want to claim it. Joe takes pride in his work, but he knows he can't do it by himself. He does his best to help others. And he knows they make mistakes and struggle just like he does sometimes. Joe asks for help even when he doesn't need it because He wants to help others learn how to do things too. Help others learn. Now let's say Bob and Joe fall in a difficult time in their life. Something something bad happens and they need others to help them out. Do you think people will be more likely to help Bob? Or will they be more likely to help Joe? How many think they'll be more likely to help Bob? Right, probably not. How many think they'll be more likely to help Joe? 
right? Bob's judgment of others. I think this is what Paul is saying. He's giving an example. Bob's judgment of others, his unwillingness to to share the the load with others, make it more likely when trouble comes, he's going to have to carry his load by himself. But because Joe was investing in people and, and sharing, inviting others to help, they're more likely to step in and help. Help Joe. If you look down on others, Paul is saying, if you don't think that others can help you, you'll end up alone in times when you need help. The next thing that Paul says is that those who were taught the word should share all good things with their teacher. I've got a question for you. This is great for students. How many of you think, but anybody can answer, how many of you think that your teachers know everything? Raise your hand. How many of you think that your teachers are still learning too? How many of you think that your parents know everything? All right. Some of your kids still think you know everything. Lucky you out there. How many of you think your parents are still learning too? How many of you think Pastor Brian knows everything? Thank you. How many of you think Pastor Brian is still learning too? Yeah. People put their hands up for both. I appreciate that. Paul says that part of being good is realizing that we're all still learning. And so you should even share with your teacher what you're learning because your teacher is learning too. Right? Then Paul says this. He says, make no mistake, God is not mocked. A person will harvest what they plant. Those who plant only for their own benefit will harvest devastation from their selfishness. But those who plant for the benefit of the Spirit will harvest eternal life from the Spirit. Let me ask another question. If we won't share, are others likely to share? Like if you don't share, do you think your sibling is more likely or less likely to share? How many think, yes, if we won't share, others are likely to share? How many think, no, if we don't share, others probably won't share either? Right? If we do bad things to people, something even like just cutting them off in line, are they more likely to do good things or bad things in response? How many people think if, we're, if we do bad things to somebody, they're more likely to do good things in response? How many think they're more likely to do bad things in response? I, I'm going to guess some of you have drawn pictures. I hope some of you have drawn pictures of helping other people. If you have, can you just show them to somebody right next to you? Just show them, show them what you drew. I know some of our kids drew some pictures. We can, well, it's okay. We can help people in lots of different ways, right? I'm going to guess you thought of lots of different ways that we can help people. And here's the thing. When we do good things to people, it makes them more likely to do good things back to us and to other people. When we help, what happens? How many of you think when we help, people end up happier, more joyful? How many of you think that when we do good things, other people do more good things? How many think that when we are good, the world around us is likely to be better too? 
right? Paul says that doing good spreads seeds of more goodness. Can you say that one with me too? Let's say this together. Doing good spreads seeds of even more goodness. You see, every day we make decisions. We make decisions about how we're going to treat our brothers and our sisters and our parents and our kids. Every day we make decisions about how we're going to treat the people that we interact with. We can choose to be good or we can choose to be frustrated or angry or other ways that hurt people. We get to choose the words that we're going to say. We get to choose the actions that we're going to take. We can decide that even if the world is being mean, we can still be nice. When someone is being angry, we can still choose to do the good thing and spread love. When someone is frustrated and their frustration is boiling over to us, we can still choose to do the good thing and be patient and kind. We get to decide the kind of seeds we're going to put into the world, seeds that will produce more goodness, more love, or seeds that are going to produce more anger and hatred and bitterness. With every decision we make. Now, Paul doesn't say that being good and doing good will be easy. How many find it hard to be good sometimes? Yeah? Paul says, let's not get tired of doing good, because in time we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. All right, just a few more questions. Help us think about this. How many of you have a friend that never shares? Anybody have a friend that never shares? How many of you thought that maybe if your friend isn't going to share with you, you're not going to share with him or her either? How many of you have someone who just keeps being angry at you or have had an experience where somebody just, no matter what you do, they just seem to be angry at you? And how many of you have been really tempted to just be angry back? How many of you have gone through with being angry back and then been like, oops, wrong decision? See, Pastor Brian's still learning too. How many of you have watched others butt in line and you began to think maybe you should just butt in line too? (laughs) Honesty, friends. Honesty. (laughs) How many of you have wondered that if you just keep doing good, the world will take advantage of you? Here's what Paul says He says, You're planting seeds. And you're not always going to see what comes of them. And sometimes when you're loving to that person that just keeps being a jerk, you may not even realize that you're having an impact on them, but maybe later they're going to be like, oh, do you remember when Will was really kind to me? When I just kept mistreating him? I wish I was more like that. You've planted a seed. Paul says, don't don't grow weary because you're not always going to see You're not always going to see it, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't stop putting more and more good into the world. 
There's no guarantee that the snakes and the wolves of the world will change that we're going to be good to them. But we know they won't change if we mirror their behavior back to them. We know that God can do amazing things if we show them what it's like to be loved and to be more loving. We get to decide every moment of every day, are we going to put more good into the world? The very last verse of Paul's letter, this, this section of the letter, it says, so then let's work for the good of all whatever we whenever we have an opportunity, and especially those in the household of faith. All right, how many of you have seen the movie again? Put your hand up for a minute. All right, so for those who haven't seen this, uh, uh, I think you can Google it. Uh, if you Google, like, snake sharing push pop, uh, you might be able to find this clip on YouTube, or if I think of it this afternoon, I'll send it out. It's just even if you don't like the whole movie, I just love this clip. So Snake and the gang, they come back to the, they come back to the house, and Wolf has seemed to change. Like there's something, has, has, he's become good, and they're not sure they fully understand what's going on. And they come back to their hideout, and Wolf has taken all of the stuff that they've stolen and returned it. And they are not happy. And Shark in particular, he's just having this meltdown. He's crying and crying, and they're looking everywhere, and Snake opens the freezer, and there's a push pop there. And he takes the push pop out, and he looks at it, and he looks at Shark, and he gives it to Shark, and he's like, here. Now, you have to know from the movie, Snake has always just eaten the push pops himself. He never wanted to share. But here he is. He hands Shark the push pop. And the other characters, they turn, and they're like, Snake? Like, what have you done? And he's like, I, he was, you know, I don't remember the exact words. He was crying. I wanted to make him feel better. I, I put aside my own needs for him. And they're like, that's good. And then this is, this is the line. I want to make sure I get it right. Snake says, don't be ridiculous. I was simply making a sacrifice so that Shark could be happy. And to this, Webb responds, that's the actual definition of being good. And here's why I love this part, this scene, so much. At this point, in the presence of goodness, like they all realize Snake was good, and they're all a little bit happier. And as they, as they begin to realize what's happened, all of their tails and hind parts begin to wag, fins. Everything begins to wag like this feeling of goodness just overcomes them. They are joyful in the presence of goodness. I believe that God created humanity as good. I believe that if somebody says you are bad, you have to say, no, God created me as good. Yeah, I may be doing a bad thing right now, but God created me as good. God creates each one of us, you and me, as good. The world may give us other labels, but the one label that matters is this. God created you as good. But as we see in the Bible, the Bible is a story that God also gave us the ability to choose. God gave us the ability to make decisions, and sometimes we make 
good decisions, and sometimes we make bad decisions, starting with Eve's decision to eat the apple and not to trust God. We can feed our nature to be good, or we can feed our nature to be bad, to turn away from what's good. And the more good that we put into the world, the more good that we experience. Knowing that we sometimes would struggle with that, God sent Jesus. And this is what I hope we all take home today. That God sent Jesus to remind us that God created us as good and to show us the way to be good. And in Jesus, we saw the ultimate display of being good, which was he gave his life for his friends. Because being good is putting the needs of others above our own. That was the very life of Jesus, the model for us. When we say yes to Jesus as our forever friend, and that invitation is available to us today, it is available to us in each and every moment to say, Jesus, I want to know you as my forever friend, because you and your sacrifice and your resurrection reminds me that nothing separates me from God's love and goodness. And your life reminds me what it looks like to be good to others. And your life reminds me that no matter what I've done in the past, the bad decisions I've made, I can be good again by following you. Being good is your decision to make today and tomorrow. Being good is our decision to be the kind of church puts a little more goodness and a little more light into the world. You and I, we get to choose. So let's be good. And today, if you need a reminder, just put on your sunglasses. And be reminded of Wolf who'd done some bad things, but felt the world open up, felt his friendships deepen when he decided to choose good. So when you put on your sunglasses, this goes for adults too, just think, I'm putting on my sunglasses to choose Jesus and to choose good. Amen. Amen.